You're listening to the Propane Fitness Podcast, your ultimate resource for fat loss and muscle gain with none of the gimmicks. With your hosts, Yusuf and Johnny. Simple rules, dramatic results. Propane Podcast, long overdue. Today we have the beautiful, the wonderful <laughs> Joe Louise <Me>. Beck <laughs> and Jonathan. So, Joe has been a coach at Propane Fitness for over a year now, it's maybe two even years. Two, two years, mm. and we keep saying we'll get her on the podcast with a large bottle of gin. The, we don't have any gin today, unfortunately, but... Gabba tea. We've got some Gabba tea instead. I'm feeling pretty nice, actually. Yeah, it is nice. Well, you're on a nice seat as well, a very relaxing Do you want seat. Do seat? I should have offered you. That's all right, I'm, I'm happy on here. Could, Joe, you want to sit here? Well, no, I'm closer no, I'm to the mic. I'm happy on the bed. Hello, Joe. With you, <laughs> So you've just got a new sofa. How far off the ground would you say the sofa is, Joe? Or how far off the ground would you say you are say sat on the sofa currently? Seven inches. Mm. It's an IKEA mattress that I've covered. Really? I've covered with a, a throw. It's a nice throw. I would it, never have guessed it was a mattress. It looks like a a sofa. I see. Well, it's a floor sofa. Yeah. Right. Uh, so I'm going to do a video and series on this about how I've set up my house in a way where I'm always in contact with the floor. So I'm sleeping on the floor, floor sofa, and there is some reasoning for it, but... Flofa. Flofa. Uh, fled. No, fed. <laughs> fled. But I think we better get into that another time. Because the focus of today is getting Joe smashed and <laughs> asking her a bunch of questions about orgasms. On, on, on Gabba tea. <laughs> on Gabba tea. Oh, it's, yeah, you said Sorry, it's Gabba kids. Tea, it's just methylated spirits. <laughs> Masked with some lots of flavouring. So what's question number one? <clears throat> so I think we've asked this one before. I've just seen this. This is a fantastic question. So Joe, mm-hmm. or anyone, would you rather that your sex changes every time you sneeze or you can no longer tell the difference between a baby and a muffin. (laughs) I think the sex change might be quite interesting. I have often wondered what it would be like to be a guy. Every time you sneeze. Every time I sneeze. I'm not a massive sneezer Okay, Joe, so so you're you're at a competition. (laughs) Someone's putting too much chalk on, clapping around. You're about to step on for your attempt. Yeah. Your sex changes after you because you sneeze. But that would be awesome because I'd be lifting twice as much. But what would the judges say? They'd be like, "Oh, hang on a minute, you're a you're a man. I'm gonna <laughs> drug test you and set, what, what if they would, sex I test?" I think it would be point. worth it for pulling two hundred kilo deadlift. So your lift would jump up and down quite drastically. You'd, you'd have to make sure that you. Yeah, inhale. but who'd, who'd, who'd want to eat a baby? But the thing is, I can't. <laughs> do you know what I mean? I can't. Yeah, I suppose the, the option... Well, the, if that happens, just never eat a muffin again on the risk... I can't that... eat muffins, though, can I? Oh, yeah. I'm a celiac, so... But you might end up go, look, like pointing at a muffin and going... Oh, Accidentally in, ingesting a baby. I think I'll, I'll definitely stick with the sex so, change. Fine. Yeah. All you would need is a um, piece of paper rolled up very thinly, and you can push it up your nose and give it a twizzle, and it makes you sneeze. Just carry pepper with you at all times or something. Or pepper. Or yeah. look at the sun. The other thing for the muffin is... Yeah, makes you sneeze, apparently. If you're a photic sneezer, yeah. Mm. So, if you... The other thing is only eat muffins or gluten-free muffins in the company of other people. So that if you start eating, people are like, and you're like, oh, it's a baby. I'm not going to eat that. (laughs) Yeah, have a minder that warns you. If you really like muffins, I think they're overrated. 
They're just not very nice. <laughs> Anyone who wants a good time, get Google Reddit would you rather questions. And it's just page after page of ridiculous questions. Would you rather eat a man-sized bean or a bean-sized man? You have 24 hours to eat the bean. The man is someone you know, but not super well. Oh, eat the man. The man-sized bean. Man-sized bean, eat, eat like... Bean, it's a big bean. Hmm? Beans are really satiating. No, <laughs> a bean-sized man, eat the man, eat the bean-sized man. Right. Not the man-sized bean. Oh, you see, okay. You see, you'd rather kill a person. <laughs> just because they're small and easier to eat. Than... <laughs> if I didn't... I mean, if I didn't have any emotional attachment to said person, I don't know so him very know well. Him, but not super well. So, yeah. uh, Joe, the, I mean, our new coach is a psychopath. <laughs> <laughs> and she's celiac. <laughs> she likes long walks on the beach. Although, I do like edamame. So they are... <laughs> they, they are nice. They are nice, Extremely yeah. estrogenic, as far as... Uh, uh, what? Foods go, yeah. So, so fermented soy, fine. Edamame beans... I think their measure is like a hundred thousand. I eat quite a lot of edamame. Do you? Yeah. <laughs> Yusuf's really. We're gonna have to do a podcast on this. Yusuf's on a real estrogen testosterone panic, aren't you, at the moment? So yeah. So we special shampoo. We're just about to run a, a self test on ourselves, um, Johnny and myself, doing different things and seeing how they affect testosterone and estrogen over twelve weeks. So, anyway, speaking of that. Um, would you rather be very beautiful and have diarrhoea forever, or very ugly and be safe from diarrhoea for the rest of your life? I'll be very ugly. No diarrhoea? Yeah, no diarrhoea. Who wants Fine. diarrhoea? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, what's... What, you know, but if, how, if you're going to be... I love Joe. You know, if you're going to shit yourself all, like, constantly... There's no point What's the pretty. point? What is the point? It's a great way of looking at it. You're just going to be sat in the house with your kanga pants on. <laughs> The, the only way to benefit from that is if you become like a cam girl and you be like a cam girl People on, on actually the pay for that shit, don't they? Like that shit, the opposite literally. worked. <laughs> so I met one a few weeks ago. What, a camera girl? Yeah. Um, what, in so, Thailand? No, so, somewhere, it was a few months ago now. Someone I know slept with them. Oh, right. Someone you know? Yeah. Was it a fellow medical student? Mm, if it, you it was, think very carefully, Joe, you'll be able to... To engineer who that person might be. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> the relationship expert. <laughs> oh, um, well, I said nothing. Uh, you said beautiful and diarrhea, or diarrhea and. Well, not, no diarrhea and. Um, I, I think Joe has sold me on. Um, on not being beautiful with diarrhea we because can, it, it we restricts can just be ugly together, can't you. Have we? Have an amazing we... ability to just see through the fluff of these questions. <laughs> like, who, who wants to eat a baby? No one. Um, I'm not, I don't. I can't be bothered to eat a big bean. So I'm going to eat a little man. <laughs> who wants? Who wants to poo all the time? Well, you and I spend. Have you hours. never? Have you never wondered what human flesh might actually taste like? Has it oh. never? Joe, remember, this is people's first exposure to you. <laughs> <laughs> no, not that I'm saying that I would want to, but I do wonder... It tastes very similar to pork, apparently. Apparently. A lot of the time, surgeons oh, who... You don't know who what knows pork tastes like. Who's so, the person who's decided? So Sadie has been put off pork purely from doing surgical rotations, because when they cauterise flesh, it smells like pork, and she said it's just put her off for good. So right. she's become but a... Doesn't uh, it taste the same? Maybe not, yeah. Like, her tea smells, smells great. Uh, raspberry tea smells yeah. lovely, doesn't it? Yeah, and it's never that nice. There you go, live and learn. Last question. Would you rather A, 
Every time, this is one where things move a little bit from PG into 12A15. Every time you have an orgasm, the song All Star by Smash Mouth plays, or B. Hey now, never Or every time the song All Star by Smash Mouth plays, you have an orgasm. And yes, if you choose A, it will be audible to anyone in the same room as you. It will play as though from a small but decently powerful Bluetooth speaker. If you choose B, I encourage you to take note of every time you hear the song in the next few months. I found it comes on quite a lot. <laughs> That's a very thorough. I, that, I like that, that they've set up really to be, set I've only well. heard that song while watching Shrek. Oh well, Shrek that's, becomes a very becomes only, a pornographic so movie I, then. Yeah, I think I'll go with A. Now the only other question is: Does that mean that you can only ever orgasm from hearing the song, or <laughs> or is it just that it, it's in addition to? Oh, you said sudden orgasm. <laughs> right, so that's that's it for the uh, the would you rather questions. We all awesome. feel sufficiently warmed up. Excellent, Joe. Mm. Hello, I'm glad that you've so we finally got you on tea. this. Um, and you know what, what what Johnny said before about you being able to see through bullshit quite easily. I I think that's honestly what makes you a good coach because you're very quick at seeing through people's self generated stories and narrative and excuses that people have. In as an obstacle to their progress, as to getting leaner, stronger, better, mm-hmm. and you're you're very very good at calling them out on it without being a dick. And I think that's something that Johnny and I struggle with. I think it's <laughs> I think it it comes down to empathy. In that I've probably been through says the psychopath all of that. self delusion that you go through yourself about. Um, you know what you want to look like, what you want to be, how you view yourself, and they're they're all experiences that I think I've been through myself up until this point, so that I can really kind of empathise and put myself in their shoes with what they're actually dealing with. Yeah, so I, I see. Think that, that does help in the coaching process. And you have been through quite like you've been through all extremes of of training. And, yeah, and, and yeah, body weights and everything. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So I've been from, I think at my heaviest, I've been probably 86 kilos at my very heaviest. And how tall are you? Five foot eight. Um, and then at my smallest, under under 50. So Under like, 50, yeah. So yeah. about 47, 47 kilos. Big swings. Smallest. Yeah, Gives you a absolutely. lot of perspective on pretty much the whole spectrum yeah. of weight that you could be yeah. for someone your yeah. height. Mm-hmm. So I think that's the foundation of being a good coach, isn't it? It's being able to draw on experience, not just, mm-hmm. oh, I read an article or I read a study or a coach said, it's, it's, here's what happened when I did it, here's yeah. my perspective. Because I think it's hard to, it's hard to empathise with someone and how they feel about being overweight if you haven't been an overweight person yourself and you've been Absolutely. there, Johnny, so you know... Uh, how that affects you, you know, emotionally yeah. and how it affects your confidence and how you relate to, yeah. to the world. It's a very all-consuming experience. It takes, I think, probably affects every situation you're in in your life. Mm-hmm. Even, like, I think you leave the house and you think, one of the first thoughts is, like, I feel I feel fat in what I'm wearing or oh, it's very, very all-consuming. And from someone who's just from the perspective of, um, you know, someone just needs to eat less and move more. I mean, that's like telling a drowning man to... To, to that, drown less and sink less and swim more. so much flack. Unbelievable. The, <laughs> all from people that don't understand the definition of the term analogy. <laughs> it's like, 
If it, that's not exactly the same as that, because drowning means you're in water, and when you're dieting, you're not in water. You're like, yes, but if it was the same thing, then it, it would just be the same thing. It wouldn't be <laughs> an analogy. Yeah. Hello, Johnny here. Just a short interruption to this episode. I know what you're thinking. This show was brought to you by... None of that, trust me. We have something completely free, something to give you today. So we're aware that you guys who've been listening to our podcast, you've heard before us talk about the show notes and other places to go to download things from propanefitness.com. But we want to give those of you who listen to our podcast something completely different, something completely unique that we don't provide anywhere else. So we want to give you something that is actually a membership area or a membership portal where we have loads of free goodies, some downloads, some things to watch, some trainings, and some free presentations that we want to give you all bundled together completely free. All you have to do is go to propanefitness.com forward slash gift. There's no email opt-in. There's no enter your email and receive this. It's completely obligation free. You just enter your email, enter your username rather, and your password, and then you'll be sent login details. So completely free. In there, we have some training on the 3i formula. That's the framework that we use with all of our coaching students and loads of other free goodies. So that's propanefitness.com forward slash gift. Head over there now pick up your free training and we hope you enjoy. Hope you enjoy the rest of this episode and we'll speak soon. If it suddenly sounds different, Yusuf was just having a... A, a fiddle. A little moment, yeah. A little, fiddle. Little, fiddle. A little, a little fiddle. fiddle with the dildo, the microphone. S- Smash Mouth started playing. And, uh, <laughs> <laughs> he suddenly had to stop the recording. It's weird. The, the other thing that triggered people was a image mocking a... Um, it, was, it was a professional photo shoot of a woman squatting in Iraq... Facing the wrong way, wearing gloves, hair down, in like skimpy clothing, with valgus knee and running shoes, <clears throat> and people were. Someone commented, being like, "I'm really upset that this is. You're the reason that women are afraid to go into the gym because they're afraid of getting mocked." Um, and then someone responded saying, "There are bigger problems in the world. Calm down." And she responded saying, <laughs> "Well, I bet you're not used to being in a place where you look different to everyone else." And then the response was, actually, I'm a muscular black woman with a shaved head living in Europe. I'm quite used to looking different to, <laughs> to other people. Which I thought was one of the best um, best things in the world. <laughs> ever. To have ever. ever happened in the world. But what's interesting is that that got the most likes out of any Instagram post we've ever put up. Because it's mm. so it, polarising, isn't it? It pissed off the most people, yeah. Mm. So, well, I think it pissed off one person. That's true. And that one person then fought every other person in the comments, back and forth. So, But I do, I do think it's um, indicative of how the fitness industry in general portrays women, women in that mm. they have to, you know, they have, have, to, look to, sexy while they have to look sexy while they're working out. <clears throat> and very few companies actually sponsor real sports women or powerlifters because um, they don't look to, the to appear in these photo shoots. It's funny how mm. all of the famous female musicians all happen to be really attractive as well. Like, musicians? Like, music, like singers and, oh, right. you know, like... It's, it's, I'm it's walking just this, down a treacherous path here. This massive coincidence that, like, yeah, but it's the same thing, isn't it? Like, it, all, all of the image and the branding has to match up. And it's, it was a good chat we had with, what they called, girl, uh, Girls Who Lift? No. The, this is female powerlifting. This, <laughs> <laughs> this is this is female powerlifting. That was it. Um, that was such a sexist thing to say. 
the, girls who lift. It's because there's a there's an Instagram account called girls, girls who lift. Powerlift. Girls who powerlift. Yeah, yeah. GWPL. That's it. Clothing brand. But yeah, so th- this is female powerlifting. What was her name? Beans. A human. Beans. Yeah, beans. Yeah. A man-sized bean or a woman-sized beans. Um, yeah, and th- they were talking about that exactly the same thing that sexualizing powerlifting means that you then you're not you're not catering to the majority of female powerlifters, especially mm-hmm. ones in the higher weight categories, where the goal is not to look sexy. Like that's the the, the whole like if you want physique goals, you go bodybuilding, but powerlifting is not about that at all. It's and, purely focused on strength. Yeah. Mm. And and you've been through both. You've been yes full on bodybuilder. Yes. We've been, we've been pre bodybuilder, very skinny with yeah. no mass. Yeah. And then stage ready at sub 50 kilos. No, stage ready at 60 kilos. So when I was sub 50 was in my um, eating disorder heyday in my early 20s. Okay. So what was it that triggered the decision to step on a bodybuilding stage? Okay, so um, husband left me, three small children, put on quite a bit of weight, feeling sorry for myself, self-medicating with alcohol and tubes of Pringles. And then suddenly found myself quite heavy and um, he, he fat shamed me and I decided to do something about it. To get, I'll, I'll t- show him. Well, not necessarily to show him, but to, to do something about the, the, the state that I let myself get into. Because I'd always gone to the gym, I'd always trained in some some form, you know, even though back in the early 90s it was kind of Jane Fonda style workouts, lots of high in- intensity step classes. Jane I ran Fonda. a lot. Yeah. <laughs> Is she like an aerobics well, Yeah, she's an actress, but then she became quite famous for um, being an aerobics instructor. Never, never heard of it. And she, Mr. Motivator. Yeah, type yeah. yeah kind okay. Of, oh, right, okay. Yeah. I loved Mr. Motivator. I wonder what's happened to him now. Um, so, so you you were you were fat shamed by your husband, ex husband, ex husband. Yeah. Was that pre eating disorder? No, that was that was much later. That was kind of you know mid forties. Can we go further back and talk yeah. about the eating disorder? Yeah. Are you comfortable with that? Yeah, but that that was I mean that was that started in my I would say early to mid teens, and that was as a, as a result of fat shaming as well. Really? Yeah. Okay. My my stepfather used to regularly tell me that I was fat. Especially when you're in your mid-teens, you you haven't developed your identity yet. Absolutely. Absolutely. It's a very damaging thing, I suppose, to hear that. Yeah, completely. And that you know that stayed with with me for a good twenty years after that. Well, yeah, you you don't you can't put something in context when you're that old. It's just something that you someone says something about you, and you think, well, that must be what I am. Yeah. If that's a description. But you've been, you know, obviously you didn't take it to the same extent, but mm. but were, you know, to, to an extent bullied yeah. because of your size. Absolutely. And it, you know, affects your psyche on every yeah, level it does. at that age. It does. I you, think You do just feel everything so much more intensely as a teenager absolutely. anyway, don't you? Well, it's so, everything's very image focused and you, as you said, like you don't have an established like personality Identity. or set of beliefs. So mm. it's very how you look becomes how you fit in mm-hmm. how popular you are but in a way i'm very grateful for that because I, I honestly think i don't think i would have started going to the gym or mm-hmm. i would have had mm-hmm. any kind of interest in fitness had that not been the catalyst yeah absolutely and i think it's a, a lot of people who are 
who I know who are really into the fitness world have had some kind of background in in that. You know, they they had some experience when they were they were younger that was some like bullying or loss of confidence in some situation, mm-hmm. and it was like right some catalyst that yeah yeah. So that obviously it's a negative experience at the time. Yeah, but, but I think it becomes a positive yeah. one. Yeah, absolutely, and it's amazing how many women that I speak to now who you know, do you have some form of what I would call disordered eating? I think the whole clean eating movement is that has fueled eating disorders. Mm. The idea that food is clean and unclean, you know, having, you know, you're moralizing about food. Food is food. Food is fuel. Mm -hmm. There's no such thing as good food and and bad food. There are different degrees of, of micronutrition and fiber and, you know, but to say this is health and this is not health, I think is setting people up to limit their, their food sources and to make them really kind of um, well, to, to worry about what, what they're eating to such a degree and to become really, you know, what's the word? Orthorexic. Yeah, or, orthorexic. So how does that manifest with people who have got these beliefs about good and bad foods? Like what's... <clears throat> what 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 are the psychological manifestations? What are the how does it affect their behaviour? Um, I think people <clears throat> can have a huge anxiety about you know social eating and about what they are actually eating. You know, I can't eat that because that's not a clean food. Mm. And, yeah, and then they just limit and limit and limit all of their food choices, mm. so that they're eating such a small a small array of foods that they're not eating a balanced diet because of it and it and it obviously it leads to it leads to weight loss um but their 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 sense of reality about what they're eating is it's it, it's disjointed isn't it i think the, the the unavoidable reality is that eating in a clean way all the time is unsustainable well, it's and not. i think well, for it to be sustainable you have to absolutely be convinced that that is the way that you can eat. Like, I think if you find someone who is rigidly following a meal plan, mm-hmm. they will be doing that. Not because, like, you have prepped, you two, well, you two both prep your food because it's convenient, but you aren't eating those foods because you think, like, this is the only way that I could eat. I think People that's exactly are, it, isn't it? It's, it's, one, it, it's <coughs> not so much when you're on the meal plan, it's, like, what happens when you step outside of that mm-hmm. bracket? <clears throat> and if it's, I feel like, if I eat anything that's not on this plan... It's instant death, yeah, and then yeah. everything just goes falls apart. That's very different to like I'm eating this plan out of convenience, but if I'm out and there's another food available, fine, doesn't matter. Like, yeah. yeah. So I think what we see is this belief that people have of they're either doing something right or they're not. So you see, people, like January comes around and people get out the kind of their notebook and write out their perfect meal plan mm-hmm. and prep it and follow it for ten days. And then when they stop, it goes back to extreme other other direction of like, if I'm going to have a bit of pizza, I'm going to have the whole thing. I'm going to have pastries for breakfast. And it, it, it's, it's very black and white. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I know when I was, when I was in my prep stage for um, <clears throat> my stage show, I was eating, you know, X number of meals a day, usually about six, of varying deg- amounts of chicken, rice, broccoli and egg white omelettes for breakfast and that mm. was literally all I ate because that was my meal plan given to me by my coach at that time 
and then I was told at the weekend, yeah, you can go and have a cheat meal of choice. So potentially... Great combination. You know, <laughs> so I could literally... Yeah. So by, by the time the weekend came around, I was just so desperate to not be eating chicken, rice and broccoli and egg white omelettes yeah. that, that I would just, you know, inhale... Whatever. A whole load of, you know, yeah. fat, carbs, fried fried foods probably undid my calorie deficit for the week. Mm-hmm. And, 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 you and it's know, so easily done when, you, when, when that's your weight, you know, when you're so light and a deficit means, um, you know, like the, the amount you're having to eat to maintain a deficit at 60 kilos, 55, 50 kilos, mm-hmm. you could very easily blow that deficit out of the water. Yeah. In, in, one, a, in, in one meal. Even in yeah. a meal, yeah, in a weekend. And when there are, you know, there are restaurant chains like Hungry Horse that have three and a half thousand calorie burgers mm-hmm. on their menu mm-hmm. without displaying the macronutrients or calories in that food that menu item but it's cheap day so it's fine so you can eat it you know we got asked by a client you know can you look at this how many calories Mm. do you think there are and i estimated it at about 2200 and i was a thousand calories out that was the burger that they that was just the burger without the fries really just okay so and and so let's say like three and a half thousand calories is a typical deficit that someone would be in over a week Mm -hmm. like Mm -hmm. if you eat 500 calorie deficit, so your maintenance is two and a half thousand, you're eating 2,000, so you've got 500 calorie deficit per day, times seven, that's three and a half thousand calories. That means at the end of the week, you could be set for a pound of your theoretical weight loss, and then absolutely fuck it, because mm. you've eaten a burger. And <laughs> well, especially if you have, like, a couple of pints or a couple of gins with the burger, and then the next mm. morning you're like, you know what, I wrecked my diet, I'll just have... I'll go, out, I'll go out for a full English and yeah. it, it snowballs, yeah. isn't it? Yeah. And then you actually gain weight. But the sad thing is, is Monday to Friday, like that diet plan you described, Joe, how much of a mental strain does that have, eating like that throughout the week? So I ate like that for, I think my starting weight at the start of the cut was probably about 76 kilos. And by the end of it, um, I was 60 kilos on stage. Right. So 16 kilos of weight loss done through that method of through, through that method yeah of the the meal plan and do you, did you find that you enjoyed it like was was eating that way enjoyable or was it uh it's really really restrictive and as a parent with three children mm. eating every meal out of tupperware and you know not being able to obviously if we went out for a cheat meal at the weekend i took you know we all went out together usually mm-hmm, but that was mm-hmm. one meal a week where i could eat the same food as my kids wow and that was that was hard work and they probably it's setting an example i suppose as well in some cases because they see that as that's you being like naughty almost you know that's you having a, a some, some something that's supposedly off plan mm-hmm. so it's and i think that's one of the downsides of that message being promoted is if someone sees that as their first step into fitness that mm. then has to be unpicked yeah and I was well so on that note as well mm. like Joe you've got a um, young daughter yeah. well not young she's actually got a teenage she's daughter 15 and you said that she once was so was quite I think, upset yeah so were... I, I think the week after my comp uh, we had to go shopping for holiday clothes and we went bikini shopping together and I think we were in H&M and she was she cried because she was in a size 12 bikini and I was in a size 6 bikini. And she said, you know, I mean, at the time she was 13 and she's like, mum, mummy, I'm fat. 
and that you know I was, I was devastated having been someone who came from a background of disordered eating and being fat shamed and having it affect my life for 20 years the last thing I wanted for my daughter was to to to, to feel like that about herself mm. so that was it I'd had my you know my British finals invitation and I just thought I'm not doing it I'm not doing it her mental health and her you know idea of what you know being fit and healthy is is not should not be based around her size yeah or her body fat or how how she feels in relation to my size and I just thought this isn't healthy you know I have huge respect for people that do it you know year in year out and compete in physique competitions but to do that with when you've got children who don't have a good understanding or the, the emotional maturity to deal with that mm. then it's just I, I don't think it's viable mm. and like you you idolize your parents and you, you want you want to either I, I think every teenager does even the rebellious ones if anything the rebellious ones more so because they're trying to get their parents <clears throat> approval through the flip side through disapproval mm-hmm. <clears throat> but in in any case you you know you you have a good relationship with them and and she's she sees you as a as a role model yeah and, and absolutely and now eight, you know and now she's just done her first powerlifting competition not something i ever tried to get her into it was something that she decided she wanted to do herself and just said look can i come with you and, and she's performing really you? well as an athlete now yeah yeah far better than if she was to try and get into some physique focused thing at that age like i can't imagine what what that would have like the the impact of that in terms of the issues that you develop with your body as you're going through but they puberty do, and... they do have as and, and I have I totally disagree with it they do have junior bikini as a category in um you know UK BFS where they isn't it? where they are like mm. you know under under 21 and I think how can you possibly have had enough years to be able to develop your physique and build some muscle <clears throat> and you've got you know I think that would um, actually stunt your your growth you've got, yeah. you spend I mean, you've got unscrupulous prep coaches mm-hmm. you know, done one comp I've done one comp therefore I'm a prep prep coach <laughs> and then they're just putting these these girls on a diet of like sub a thousand calories yeah absolutely loads of cardio. yeah absolutely I'm honestly convinced that um my well like I mean it's not I'm convinced that it's it's, it's the fact that your resulting frame when you're an adult when you're 20 plus is determined by how well fed you were during your younger years all the way up to 18 19 20 and so if you're being underfed during those years you're still growing you're going to limit the total size that you're at in the Mm. end and you're going to end up with a yeah a stunted frame and we've seen that with olympic gymnasts with obviously the the classic marilyn monroe example where she's put on drugs to prolong her puberty to keep her small all these, uh, so messing around with that stuff at a young age is not only um, making, it's not only giving you a long-term stunting, but it's, yeah, it's not great psychologically either. I think having a, any, for anyone of any age, having a focus on, so bodybuilding or physique is, can be can be lost or won based on deep genetics and symmetry and proportions. Yeah, like you absolutely. Can be in, you can die yourself into the ground and be great for you. Like you can mm-hmm. be your best possible physique 
and still come nowhere near because you just haven't got the genetics. And that creates this impression of, oh, well, I don't look good enough to, to win. Mm-hmm. If you don't, if you transition that and move the focus onto performance, performance is something that anyone can improve with the right focus and training mm-hmm, and consistency. Mm-hmm. And your self-worth becomes a, well, I performed this way, but I know that if I eat to support my performance and, and train and exercise, I can improve that performance regardless of what I look like. And so I think that's, that's the great thing about powerlifting and weightlifting and even like even CrossFit to an, to an extent, because it's not what you look like. It's, it's how not, you perform. It's not aesthetic focused. Is At it? all. Yeah. And bodybuilding is a sport. You know, I'm, I'm really glad that I did it once because it taught me a lot about, about me. Mm-hmm. But one thing, and, and I, I wrote about it in the article I, I, I wrote, it, it, it made me realize that being super lean and having abs it, it it doesn't make it doesn't make you happy mm. for that five minutes on stage. Yes, it did, but then trying to maintain them and mm. to maintain stage lean, you you just cannot do it mm. and have you know a normal balanced life and to be able to eat out and go out with your friends and eat with your family and you yeah. know have that bar of chocolate, eat that tub of ice cream. Um, you you just can't do it. And even if you do, it's the stress that it creates. Like I I'm, I think we've all been at the point where we've been lean enough for it to be the only thing you think about is next the next meal like it's insane you, you eat it's so, and straight away it's like when am i next eating it's so overwhelming yeah. even while you're eating you're thinking oh you got to rush how many calories have i got for meal? later yeah. yeah and it, you're right like you have a chocolate bar or drink that's not on that plan for the day mm-hmm. and it's stressful mm-hmm. and you think like how is that a way of sustainably living like even if you look like when you're with your top off you might look great and to everyone else, you're just the same as someone who's 12% body fat anyway. Mm-hmm. And you're probably in the mindset as being the most critical of yourself. And you're probably worried about the tiny little bit of fat that's mm-hmm. sat around your navel. So that thing that John Romaniello said the, the other day, which was once you've been shredded, everything feels fat. And from that <laughs> yeah. point on, and you're like, oh God, it's so yeah. true. Cause it, so you wrote an article, Joe, about this saying it was uh, abs for women <clears throat> or like the female six pack. Does it exist and is it is it something that you can rest at? And I think, um, obviously, because women have more essential fat, you, for a woman to be 15%, she'll have the same look as a man who is around 10%. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And you were saying that the physiological, the downstream effects on your body of being abs lean as a woman will necessarily mean that you will have disrupted periods. Yeah. You going to affect your fertility mm-hmm, mm-hmm. um it's just you're just women are just not designed to hold a resting level of body fat that is shredded no absolutely not and i think you know there are there are women out there who can walk around absolutely all year round but i think it you know they've got a particular distribution of body fat mm. uh, there's people i can i can think of who who do have visible abs but they carry quite a lot of fat on their legs on their lower body and you cannot choose where where your fat is distributed. You mm-hmm. can't spot reduce. You just have to maintain, you know, a calorie deficit until it all comes out. Whereas I walk around with, you know, striations in my legs, even at seventy five kilos. But for me to have visible abs, I have to drop drop fifteen. Same mm-hmm. as Johnny. So yeah, like mm-hmm. you, you two store your body fat in a okay. similar way, which is like. Yeah. Yeah, you'll have vascular delts and um, glute striations before abs start to come through. Yeah. yeah. Whereas um, I've just got fat ass year round, but but abs are always there. 
Get so, a booty. Yeah, get a booty. So, so the conclusion of your article, Joe, I've just got it in front of me now, you say, um, in the end, having abs didn't make me, ha- didn't make me happier, and that's what fitness should ultimately be, be about, being healthy and happy. I think like, no one gets into... No one like, steps foot in a gym thinking, I can't wait to, for this to make me feel worse. Like, I can't wait for this to damage my happiness and, and health. Yeah, and I think, unfortunately, you know, Instagram does perpetuate the myth that it's easy. Mm. That having been that level of body fat is, is maintainable year-round. Mm-hmm. And it, it just isn't. <clears throat> well, it's it not even isn't. the that most people don't look like that. It's that even the people in those photos don't look like that. <laughs> no, they don't. Which is insane. But they don't. <laughs> Um, because yeah. you go to any bodybuilding competition, and if if you've never been to one, it, you know they're quite. It, it's quite an experience, and everyone under the lights on stage looks absolutely massive, and mm. then you see them, like off stage or in a in t-shirt the or in a jumper, and, and they, they just look, look like, like <laughs> literally they've just all escaped from mm. from Belson. Or that, you know, st- what was it, the starvation experiment? Oh, the Minnesota, Minnesota. Minnesota yeah. starvation experiment. Yeah, and yeah. they all, you know, like. Um, they're just extras from The Walking Dead. They wow. all look awful. So something else you mentioned in the article is that, and this I think this goes for men and women, you might have abs, but the rest of you looks worse. Oh, hmm. yeah. So, like, as a guy, to get abs lean, unless you're on drugs, which, again, is not the path that I think anyone should be using, but, like, if you're going to try and get abs lean, you'll look pretty small in a T-shirt and generally look like generally look different to what you imagine as being a successful... It's the classic choice of the natural bodybuilder. You either get to choose look good in clothes or look good out of clothes. And to to look good in both, you've got to either have been really at the top end of your your natural limit Mm -hmm. or very genetically gifted. And Mm -hmm. yeah, you know, there's ways that you can start to shortcut that process by getting the muscles that are visible in a t-shirt bigger. So obviously bigger arms, bigger forearms, bigger neck, um, and delts, those kind of things. But even then though, in, in sort that of full, sounds full like most condition. guys that train in the gym, they yeah. just do the t-shirt muscles. Yeah, don't they, and exactly. Their legs. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah, like a lot of people go overboard with that. And then in a, in a, out of a t-shirt, they look weird because <laughs> <laughs> they, they've got no lats and they've got no mm. glutes. And Nate Green did a, article did a video on this he, he was like hey guys i'm bored in this airport and i decided to go around and ask all these women like what what is it that they like in a man and in a man's body uh, i'd like to know if you agree with this joe but he was he went around and he was like what's your favorite part of a man's body or a man's physique <clears throat> and all of them said shoulders back bum or legs nobody said abs or arms mm. yeah absolutely absolutely for me it's quads Interesting. Really, you know, decent, decent quads. Because, and at the end he was because like, if well, a guy's got decent squads, quads, squads, <laughs> quads, you know that he's got a good squad. <laughs> so it's the squat that you're that you're hunting rather well, than the. Well, yeah, I mean, I just think you know, decent, decent quad girth is really important. Is important. Yeah, I agree. If you squat a lot, you're a decent person, aren't you? So, well, <laughs> it probably, weirdly though, it probably does say quite a lot about the person. Your tolerance for discomfort yeah. and well, like and, discipline, you, consistency. You know, True. I know that it's a bit of like a fitness motivational thing to say, but like it, it does demonstrate something. Well, yeah. And he said at the end of it, he was like, what are you guys doing? Wasting your time spending like, like how many days per week do you guys train your arms and your yeah, abs? Yeah. No one cares. Yeah. Mm. But it's the same for women, isn't it? Like for a woman. So if someone looks at like 
Michelle Lewin mm-hmm. on Instagram and thinks, right, she's got abs and looks great in all those photos, so I need to go get abs. But if I'm someone who's just starting out in the gym and but hunt she, for that... Michelle Lewin is genetically... Like, she is one of those women that walk, probably walks around with visible hours most of the year, mm-hmm. but carries bo- uh, quite a lot of, you know, body fat on her glutes and her and her legs. Mm-hmm. Which, which looks, is, looks favourable. Which is the kind of UK BFF um, or IB, IFBB um, ideal for, you know, bikini, mm-hmm. bikini fitness as a category. Mm-hmm. Small waist and really big glutes and, and quads. Mm. Okay. So obviously each category has, you know, different a different standard and there's a standard like a different for each look of, that they're Yeah, a different look for. for each category. And there's definitely cosmetic surgery as a plays a big factor I think in Well absolutely because one of the things that I did find is that um and I think I I, I said the analogy that I that I made was is that boobs end up looking like a couple of um you know, forgotten party balloons that you find down oh. the back of the sofa kind of six months later because they are, you know, it's fat. Yeah. Most in, of it like is fat. You, this is if you've had surgery and you lose no, fat. Well, no, if, you've, if, you, if you're natural, so naturally, you know, I'm a, a D cup and I went from a D cup to like probably a double A and it was just skin. So I suppose mm. then you've got to ask someone like, yes, you can have abs. Will you take the trade of your boobs looking like a couple of deflated party balloons mm. and it's not a good trade it's not yeah it's, it's not, not a great a trade, trade. It? it's the i think it's the what people think they need to chase versus what they actually need to chase and what you like everyone starts out by chasing someone else's physique don't they mm-hmm. like they see someone looking a certain way and think i want to look like that it's crazy that, that person has Brad this Pitt in attribute. Fight Club was like the most sought after physique yeah. for so long but everyone sees brad pitt and thinks abs and thinks like right that's it. Although, ironically, right. looking back at it now, he's not that big at all. No, just very defined. Yeah. Mm. And no one's ever going to be able to look like Brad Pitt in Fight Club. Because he's Brad Pitt. And yeah. Not. Like, the, the, the look <laughs> for him was entirely down to his um, muscle bellies, his ab genetics, like, all that stuff. Most people, if they get that lean with that amount of muscle mass, they're not going to look very good. Mm. And the best way to look your best is to gain a bit of muscle, get lean enough, don't get absolutely... <laughs> bone shredded because it's just not worth the uh not worth the payoff and don't end up with a couple of party balloons <laughs> yeah i think it's definitely everyone should spend the first bit of their fitness journey just eating to support growth and just enjoy the process for a bit well a lot of people you know they do it they do it all the wrong way around don't they is that they focus on getting shredded before they've actually given themselves enough time in the gym to build some strength and some size mm. I spent way too much time over the last, you know, in my first few years of training, being in a deficit. Yeah. Try, try, do you ever think what, what way you would be now oh, if you were just not, not bothered and just focused on, you know, getting stronger and, you know, getting bigger? <laughs> it's ridiculous, and then, isn't it? Because generally, you know, fat loss comes as a, as a, as a welcome side effect of that, doesn't it? Mm-hmm. And, but you're going to have so much less stress in your life by not focusing on, you know, body fat and having a, you know, having having a, the, oh, the a bio signature every couple of weeks, oh, God. which we've been both there. been through, been haven't we? The the article or the and the podcast that I did a few a few months ago called "What Would You Tell Your Eighteen Year Old Self?" One of the lessons was 
from the day that you start training, just run something like five three one for five years. You're not allowed to go into a deficit at all. Two three hundred calorie surplus for five years. Just keep adding weight to the bar. Don't change the program. Mm-hmm. And then only then are you allowed, are you do you earn the right to do like a twelve week cut and then back on the train again, rather than this constant like prevaricating. <laughs> just do. Years. Every podcast you say a new word that you've never said before. <laughs> this is Mr. My Vocabulary's poor. Honestly, if I was 18, I, and I know this sounds biased, I would absolutely, as, as much as I could afford it, hire some a coach or some, some kind of... If the I, coaching I just, protocol existed. Well, I would do that. Exactly. Yeah. But like, because... Yeah, like, all of us are sat here talking about this from this place of, like, in hindsight, mm-hmm. I'd, have, I'd have done things differently. But at the time, even if someone, even if you'd had these thoughts, you'd mm-hmm. have dismissed them. Mm-hmm. Because no matter what anybody tells oh, you... that's too simple. I'm not doing yeah, that. Like, you, yeah. you need someone who's, who has had some kind of experience to say, if this is your goal, this is the path I'd recommend. Because there otherwise... There was people that said something along those lines, and I remember, I, I would have dismissed it. But it'll have been an article that you read online, and you, you're like, oh, it's different for them, for one, two, three yeah, reasons. exactly. You need, you need someone to, to guide you as soon as possible, really. I, what I someone wish is trust. someone like got a hold of me when I was walking walking around Edinburgh as a fresh faced little student, little idiot, and just put me in a cage and be like, "Right, got you. you this is your program. You're not allowed. To, You're doing it no matter what. Yeah, and I'm going to hunt you down if you but if you change program. Mistakes, That's what we do to people, isn't it? <laughs> but all this, all the That's mistakes that you've made mm. that we've made collectively mm-hmm. over the years makes us into better coaches because Precisely. we have we yeah. have that experience. So I, I, we say this all the time. I genuinely don't think between the three of us there's something. Like someone will go, I'm thinking about trying this. We're like, I've not heard of that, or I'm, I've not done I'm that. Struggling before. with this problem, like, okay, like even what was like, the name of the thing, the exercise thing? Oh, you Jane just, Lopez or something. Jane, Jane Fonda. Like someone, I'm gonna like guys. I'm thinking about doing Jenny Fonda. So what we're gonna <laughs> do? Like, what we're gonna it. do in the in the show notes? Well, I'll I'll find a video of <laughs> the type of thing that I used to do along. in the eighties. Yeah. Fine. Yeah. So, Joe, what would you what would you have done differently? Fitness context. What would you tell your eighteen year old self? Um, eat some food. Mm-hmm. Stop running. Stop running. Yeah, get strong. Focus on performance. Just focus on performance because I do think you know that discovering powerlifting really mm. was kind of the catalyst to I would say a, like a full like shift in mindset for me is that no, I, I no longer give two shits about how I, how I look mm-hmm. because it's, it's all performance based. Yeah. And yeah, I have to, you know, cut a couple of kilos every time I compete to get into my weight class because mm. I like my food and I always sit about two, three kilos heavier than my, than my weight class. And it's a means to an end. It's not because... That's quite conservative, though. Some people overshoot so much with that stuff. Right, well, you've got, like, you know, um, the lovely Mr. Josh Greenfield, um, who is a um, fantastic powerlifter, um, world champion. Um, he, he regularly cuts 10 to 15 kilos. See, but, I, I mean, fair enough, it works for him, but to have to lose 10 to 15 kilos every time you want to... It's, that's, yeah, that's not insignificant. I mean, that's a, a massive water cut... Yeah, which oh. is doable because he ca- he is um, because his body fat percentage is 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 off season. No so disrespect much. to him, mm. he knows this. He, well, he um, just won a gold medal at Worlds in squat, so and he, he cut he cut fifteen kilos for that 
Yeah. Yeah. And that was, you know, all 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 down to, you know, carbon water manipulation mm. and, and sodium. So those recommendations that you gave to your old self, <clears throat> yeah. they're pretty universal for men or women. But do you think there are... So the, the, the problems and the obstacles that you said you encountered, do you think they are specific to women? Or do you think they're more... Co- no, are, I, or d- are I they... don't. I think the pressure on guys to look a certain way is, 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 is much greater now. I think that's changed. And... Like that's that's more, probably a more recent thing, isn't it? Like, I think 10, 15 years yeah, ago, Yeah, I mean, I read a statistic recently that there's over... Um, over a million people in the UK now using um, they're not they don't even call them performance enhancing drugs anymore. They call them image image enhancing drugs because really? they're not yeah um, not PEDS P P E I D S performance and image and enhancing, enhancing drugs, drugs. Right. because they're doing it for purely aesthetic reasons. Pides yeah <laughs> pides. Um, mm. So, like, the, I guess that includes things like melanotan and and peptides and those kind of things as well. But um, yeah, it's it, it's an interesting one there because it's kind of it has changed over the the last few years. Um, but the extent that people are wanting to to go to before they've actually put in the basics. Mm-hmm. Do you, cause you, so you put something up a while ago about male and female or, or f- female gym mistakes. And I thought this would offend people, but um, no one seemed to, go, <laughs> to get upset by it. Oh, the Fitchick starter pack. Fitchick starter yeah. pack and, and a few of the kind of common female mistakes. And I, I think men and women definitely make, obviously we all make mistakes when we start off, but um, there are mistakes that are specific to women, I think. Probably out of a fear of gaining muscle. Probably the biggest one. I don't think there are many men that start off afraid of gaining muscle. Um, I think the biggest mistake that women make is thinking that they have to do loads and loads and loads of cardio in, and eat a lot less in order to lose body fat. Whereas, you know, and, and, and there hasn't been a single new client that I've spoken to over the last three years where I haven't had to explain the difference between fat loss and weight loss. Right. And how you know, daily weight fluctuations that they, they shouldn't be, you know, focusing on the... People get so hung up on daily oh, weight absolutely. fluctuations. So hung up. And, uh, yeah, the weight loss, fat loss thing. Someone said to me the other day that when someone tries to just drop a dress size at all costs and lose muscle in the process, they just end up looking like a fat person pretending to be thin rather than someone who actually looks legitimately like... Like, like, if anything, they've like looked like they've just squeezed their way into a smaller dress. They managed to like sneak into a smaller dress size, but still have the same shape overall. And what a lot of people don't realize is that they don't want actually that like the the dress size isn't the important thing. It's how you look, even if you were in the same dress size. Mm-hmm. But you, and we had a client recently, didn't we, that was the same dress size but looked ra- drastically different um, a year apart because she'd completely recomped. Was one of your clients? Yeah, so, so. you know, and she, in terms of her the scale weight loss, there hasn't been a great deal, but she is in a smaller dress size, and she looks completely different, and she's wearing different clothes. You know, she'll she'll yeah, wear leggings and leg, leggings and a little little crop top, whereas before she'd be in a in a baggy dress. 
she smiles so I can go through her Instagram and just see a completely different person That's from amazing. a year ago to now. Mm. And that for me is the ideal is that you're, you're changing a mindset, making them more confident, improving their self-esteem that, that filters down to their performance at work. Um, you know, how they deal in all of their relationships, um, you know, how they deal with conflict, Every, everything improves. And the focus on, you know, that number, and I always say, you know, all that number is your relationship with gravity. Doesn't mean mm. anything, you know, doesn't mean anything else. There's nothing about your body composition. So there's nothing about how much you can, you know, squat or, you know, or leg press or any of those things. And it, it doesn't reflect how happy you are in yourself. It's exactly like, uh, like you're having a body weight measurement on a given day. It's like taking a random spot check of your bank account balance on a certain day. Like you mm. have no idea whether you have this massive impending bill coming in. Or a big check that's about to clear. Yeah, it tells nothing apart from a static point in time. <laughs> like I've got a friend who was a plumber and he said he cleared 50 grand in a day once. And I was like, great. And he's like, well, yeah, but then I have to pay out 55 grand the same day <laughs> in costs. And he said it was the most yeah. upsetting day of his life because yeah. there was so much churn and it was loss making. And he was like, but. <laughs> Nasty. I, yeah, the, the discussion I've always had with clients is like when they are obsessed about reaching a certain number. Mm-hmm. It's like if you imagine waking up in a six months' time and being overwhelmed by how amazing you feel and look, mm-hmm. and then me telling you that you weigh the same as you do today. Would it make you feel less happy? Yes or no? <laughs> and most people are like, oh, I wouldn't care how much I weighed. Because suddenly, like, you, you look, look in the mirror and you look how you want to look, you feel how you want to feel. It doesn't matter what the number says. That's such a good way to it's, put it because it's like, yeah, you step on the scale and it says you're five kilos heavier. But who okay. cares? So what? It's yeah. just an effective way of. Because people hear us talk about this and then say, well, yeah, but why do you make me do daily weigh-ins? It's just an effective way of measuring what's happening. It, it allows you to objective. stop things from getting away from you too quickly mm. and so you can nip things in the bud. What you don't want to happen is to be making a dietary decision for three weeks in, in a row with no real way to see whether it's affecting you badly or... Yeah. yeah, and then three weeks later you're like, oh shit, I've actually gained three kilos of fat and I've, now I have to go and... Mm-hmm. Well, so that. a really good example of this, like Joe, you were saying you need to drop weight for, for, to make weight for your competitions. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Like you don't feel an emotional attachment to that number. It's just because that's what you need to be. But you can observe, I weigh this, Mm -hmm. I make this nutritional change, this happens. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And it's a very, it's all you're trying to do in powerlifting is manipulate that number. But you observe that, what what do you do? You're not adding in detox tea and doing loads of ab circuits. You just, Training stays the same. Training stays the same. You adjust your calories. No, No cardio other than, you know, walking my dog. You know, I might need to reduce, you know, food volume, eat a low residue diet, um, manipulate carbs, um, drink more water and mm. then, you know, stop water. Just And it's just for that. It's just for the minute, the minute that I step on the scales. Mm-hmm. And then as soon as I get off the scales, I'm, you know, I'm chucking in carbs and salty food and water yeah. like, like there's no tomorrow. So where does so the that, detox tea come in? <laughs> I don't know. He what, mentioned what, that. What, 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 what do I do with all my detox tea? This, what this gabba stuff this well, is really nice no, really <laughs> I've, I've got boxes of it in the kitchen I don't want, you've just told me you've just shattered my dreams you've on the 28 day detox plan booty the booty yeah booty nice is, is it just laxative I'm guessing it is well so there are some you, I do, I, have you ever taken laxatives to make weight never we oh no we took a um, diuretic together well it was a years ago before a photo shoot it was dandelion tea yeah dandelion tea. <laughs> not quite a diuretic it was a diuretic yeah, yeah. Yeah. That was a horrible photo Nasty. shoot. 
Yeah. We, the, our first ever photo shoot in 2010, at the end of a diet, we got lean and then we did this weird protocol that we looked at on T Nation, which was like, like sets of glycogen depleting circuits oh. of like, you know, like leg, leg press, bench press, pull up supersets of like 30 reps and we're just like bashing them out. And then we had to drink a bottle of glycerin mm. and a bottle of Tizer with no water, having done a, a big water load of 10 litres a day for 10 days, yeah. followed by no litres for two like days or something. And 50% body fat. And it obviously made absolutely no, no difference. <laughs> Except so feeling awful on the day. terrible, yeah. And we turned up on the photo shoot having to get a pump, just feeling... Terrible. Wrecked. And Couldn't wait to go and have a big pizza. And how, I remember how my mouth felt after the, the bottle of glycerin. Mm. What a weird day. This has been such a roundabout podcast. But hopefully we've introduced Joe sufficiently. (laughs) (laughs) We've talked a lot about your past as you've worked through fitness as a journey, which I think is the most I think it always, you know, it kind of... So, like, I post quite often, you know, I always, it always kind of... I think it's interesting when I see how, you know, physical changes have have occurred over Mm -hmm. the years... Mm -hmm. And I think more about, you know, what my mindset was like at that point Mm. rather than, you know, how I look. Because I'm the same person. Yeah. I am the same person. And I think more about, you know, how I've grown as a person rather than how the the physical me changes. Totally. It's one of the funny things about having logs of photos. Because you've done it as well. You've gone through some incredible physical transformations. Physical and mindset ones. Yeah, totally. And, like, there's a video that you can check out if you're listening called... Uh, five-year physique tri- time-lapse, and it's it's a photo of me, topless, every week for five years. <laughs> um, and same, Like, same lighting, same position? Same lighting, Maybe same position, move yeah. Rooms move rooms. Yeah, yeah, I move house a bunch of times, but um, sim- very similar lighting, and it's correlated with whatever diet approach I was following, and you can see how bog... Like, you look back at your photos and you're like, oh, I remember I was doing that, and oh, I felt mm. awful there. And if you if you're someone who has followed us for a while and you, you are, you're doing what we advise of taking those weekly photos with your physique, you'll be able to look back and, yeah, as you said, like you, you not only see what you look like in a given time, but also what you were doing. Mm. Like, and, you know, a couple of weeks ago we talked about our fitness mistakes doing, you know, from getting the Colonel Club KFC membership to alternate day fasting to, like, super clean eating to zero carb and all this stuff... And you look back at your mindset towards food at each of those things and how it correlates with how you look. And actually, ironically for me, and this probably goes for most people, is that the time that I was eating the most flexibly and, and food took up the least mental headspace was the time that I looked the best physique-wise. And the times that I was the most bogged down, I just looked mediocre. And it's, it's like, what a waste of effort to be piling in so much mental energy and resource into something to get such pissy results. And then when you finally get the key, you understand what the actual things you need to manipulate are, what variables you really need to focus on. Calories, progressive overload, big surprise. Um, (laughs) Then everything falls into place, you look your best, and you're not even having to put in half or a quarter as much effort. Absolutely. Joe, upsetting, isn't it? When you think about it, it is. It's really depressing. <laughs> what a waste of time! But at least we've saved you guys the time, so you don't have to go through all the 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 pooty in the process. Joe, it's been really good to have you on. Thanks I'm, for I, having I, me. I hope we can go through some uh, specific 
um, specific topics in the future, do some Q&As and stuff. But I think it's important to introduce you properly, and, and I'm glad we've gone through your story. Two years later. Two years later, <laughs> yeah. We can do an adja. Adja, ask, ask Joe. Joe anything. <laughs> okay, well, if you, well, that's it. If you want to hear more from Joe... Adja, okay, so Adger. hashtag Adja, private message us on Instagram, or slide into the, into the, the DM, DMs. into the DUMS, or send us an email, admin at propanefitness.com, we will collect the questions, and we will hold Joe down, fill her with gin, <laughs> and Adja. <laughs> She's gonna, right, Joe, you're going to get adja hard. Okay. We, should, we should do a gin one. Definitely. You know what I was thinking the other day? Oh, I was listening to Tim Ferriss does something called Drunk Dialing, which is where he... Um, gets loads of questions, gets people's phone numbers, starts drinking at the start of the evening, and then just rings people and calls them. That we should do that. Definitely. So you, you submit your he question. Drink. We'll make him drink. Okay. So we'll, we'll, we'll set we'll up sim- a Google form that has phone number, question. Yep, and then a time period that we'll call them in, and we'll just all get sloshed. And the Sky. last, the last caller will be carnage. <laughs> <laughs> No, no. Hello. Hey, welcome to the podcast. <laughs> I love being drunk dialed. <laughs> well, we were just saying so we you can got... talk about that. Yeah. Yeah. Joe's, Joe's had a few... Um, Mishaps. Got, yeah. Experiences, shall we say, with uh, with some calls lately. Or ho, as we should... Uh... Yeah. Ho, oh, not Joe. Ho back. Ho back. <laughs> Hey, Joe, Joe with home. an E or Ho. Ho. Yeah. Yeah. Awful. All right, guys, we will speak to you next week. See ya. Hey, Johnny again. Hope you enjoyed that episode of the Propane Fitness Podcast. Just a short reminder, if you're listening to this, driving in your car, and you're thinking, man, I really wish I had a reference that they made in minute five or ten or whatever to that thing that they were talking about, well... We've, we put together show notes for these podcasts every single week. We give you timestamps, we give you links to the things we talk about, and we also give chances to grab free things, bonuses, etc. So head over to propanefitness.com and grab the show notes for this episode over there. Also, if you want to be notified of these podcasts when they come out, if you want free subscribe, subscriber-only benefits, stick your email address in and grab our free downloads, one of the many free downloads if you go to propanefitness.com and the homepage. There's a big red banner on the top of the website. Pick up that free ebook, that free download, and we'll send you emails whenever a new podcast is available. Just one short reminder as well. As you are a podcast listener, you have access to our exclusive free gift that is available nowhere else. And that is at propinfitness.com forward slash gift. Shh.